to the Raptor Show on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. And reminder, we're streaming live on Sportsnet's YouTube channel and airing live on Sportsnet 360 Monday to Friday between 2 and 3 p.m. I'm your host, Wim Lou, and I'm joined in studio by Sportsnet's Amy Otterberg. Amy, I haven't seen you in weeks since the season-ending press conferences and stuff, so it's just good to see you again, Amy. How are you doing, my friend? I, I miss everybody. I do. Um, so it's great to be here. I'm not going to lie. I think anyone with a moral compass is not feeling too great about the last couple of weeks in our world. And it's, yeah. um, in some ways you, you say like, why are we talking about sports? But it's a responsibility, um, right. To, to still have conversations, but also, so that's my answer. You asked today's been, you know, it's, it's heavy. It's heavy for everybody. Yeah. It's been mixed emotions, uh, yeah. throughout, um, Actually, by the way, I really appreciated, uh, you know, before the, the Heat game yesterday, game five between um, the, the Heat and the Celtics, uh, pregame they, they held a moment of silence. Um, but I also appreciated that the Heat actually went above and beyond and urged people to contact their local Congress people and just let them know of, like, sort of the changes that they want in the society. I mean, look, uh, this is one of those things where um, being in Canada, I do feel a lot safer with the idea that, uh, you know, there are not just uh, <clears throat> tons of firearms everywhere. I mean, I'm sure there's still some, but uh, not to the degree that exists in the States. But, uh, yeah, I'm happy you brought that up. And, yeah, uh, I mean, it's, it is, it's it hard is not awkward. to right now. I mean, and I think that athletes and coaches, it's hard because um, we all have different beliefs and we all vote different. Democracy is a beautiful thing. Sure, um, yeah. and, and I think that especially in sports and even myself sometimes, right, you don't want to upset and offend or – you want to be respectful of your sponsors, your fans, everybody. I think it's people are tired of trying to be respectful. Yeah, um, absolutely. You know, Buffalo's half an hour over the border. Yeah. That was a racist attack. Yeah. Domestic terrorism. 19 kids. I mean, people are sick of trying to say, of, of be respectful and do the right thing. I, you, Steve Kerr is actually calling people out by their mm -hmm. names now. Yeah. Something's got to change. So, yeah, I thought with the heat and the way that they sent that mess out, message out yesterday was also um, things got to – people have to feel uncomfortable. Yeah. They have to feel uncomfortable, and it shouldn't be here, but it is. Yeah, I mean, it's it – got, it got to the point where it's like it happens every week. Um, and not, not to make light of it whatsoever, it's just it happens every week. You're almost exhausted. Like, you don't have enough energy, really, to, to, to fully – process every single event because they're all individually horrible those families have not from what i understand have been able to bury their buffalo family members yet yeah so it's yeah. just it's it's unacceptable when you're right i mean obviously we're not south of the border our laws are a little bit different but um we're all human beings <laughs> yeah it's not okay exactly well you want to talk about the nba playoffs after that yeah i a mean there is and and i and i and i, I want to obviously jump into basketball but mm -hmm. Some of my mentors, not just this situation, obviously, but just over the years, because crap happens and you feel guilty talking about yeah. sports. I no, mean, I, through I COVID, you. I remember, yeah. you know, when Scotiabank Arena and there's no fans and it's like, you feel bad, not bad, but you feel almost like guilty. Like, why are we even doing this? There is a responsibility. Also, people, and I'm not saying there should be an escape from this stuff, but people do turn on the TV. Yeah, absolutely. They do watch their sports and we still have to be able to present and and do that too and those things are important and i think the coaches and the players in particular have voices that they have been using mm -hmm. yeah. and uh yeah so let's respect them and their jobs too and sure, talk yeah. a little bit about what they're doing
No, I, I love that the NBA in particular has been very willing, um, both the athletes, the coaches, um, the organizations even in general, have been willing to sort of use their platforms. And, yeah, I mean, like, I don't know. You think about it, too. It's just like, what good is a platform if you don't really use it? Like, you, you're almost essentially squandering it. And, and look, I, I know people are like, well, you know, I don't need my athlete to tell me what to do. Some people, honestly, they're I, humans. I think it's not. They're people. They're not trying to tell you what to do. It's just like there's a lot of people who want something done. And they individually have very small platforms and really only have the extent to which that they can vote. Uh, and by the way, the voting options are generally not like, uh, oh, you vote and things magically happen. Um, I, I think there is a limit to to, to uh, democracy in that sense. But I, I think, um, yeah, for for these athletes and the players and, and the, the coaches, like they are speaking on behalf of tons of people who want something done, well, something very basic done. But and their father's. So, a lot of those players are fathers, and they drop their kids yeah. off at school. Yeah. And uh, it's just, yeah. So, I mean, I don't like that that angle at all that they should just show up and play sports because they are people, and they deserve no, to just, have their voices speaking, heard. And They're speaking from the, the what they're speaking yeah. from yeah. and what they feel. And quite honestly, it's it's echoed by a lot of people. And quite honestly, it's uh, the playoffs did feel like a bit of an afterthought in a sense. Um, but, uh Yeah. But you know, they shouldn't, you know, it's Eastern and Western Conference Finals and their close series. And Well, um, they're not that close. I think well, that's actually one of the big issues that people are trying to take on Bridgewood. One of them's close. Sorry. I think I would be very surprised if one of them doesn't end tonight. I would be very surprised yeah, if Golden State doesn't just um, take care of business on their home court. Are, can, are we talking hoops now? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, we're, 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 in the, okay. we're in the hoops talk portion okay. of it. Um, it's actually funny. So, um Alex, our producer, who always manages to be absent, absent he when you're here. He texted me last night, and I said, oh, you're not showing up. Okay. <laughs> That's okay. I'm sure Alex is listening at home. Salute to Alex. Um, but anyway, look, Alex did, as the producer, did prepare a ton of topics for us to discuss, including this very extensive agree or disagree segment, which focuses largely on the playoffs. And um, one of the conversations that I've been having with Alex, and I think a lot of people have been having this conversation too, is just like this point that the conference finals just haven't, hasn't been as entertaining as sort of we anticipated because of the sheer number of blowouts. Like, I actually don't remember that close of a game when when the Warriors were making their comeback and they had trimmed the, the deficit from, like, 29 down to, like, 10 or 8 points. In the last three minutes, I was like, oh, yes, finally it's going to be something. And then, the you know, Luca's just like, all right, enough is enough. And he made, like, five, six great plays and he closed it out. Um, so, yeah. Do you agree with that statement? The NBA playoffs have not, been, or the NBA conference finals have not been as entertaining just because of the blowouts. Agree, mm-hmm. because the first couple of rounds were pretty entertaining. I yes, thought. I agree. Um, and I mean, biasly so, because we were right in the middle of one of the rounds. But no, I, you're right. I, I think in particular the the uh, yeah the East is the, the the Miami Boston is. It's like you watch the first five minutes of the game and. You know what's up. I, I thought game one was good, right? Game one was a really good... Was it game one? Game one was... Yeah. Game one was weird because, look, the, the Celtics came out, played really well, and you're like, okay, Celtics are the better team. They're going to take care of this. And all of a sudden, the Heat just had a tremendous third quarter, flipped the whole game, and they won the game. But yeah. then... And then it, I don't understand really what happened in game three, to be honest. But, like, every other game in the series has sort of confirmed to me that Boston is just, like, much better than what Miami has right now. I... I don't fully agree with that. I think okay. Miami, you know, Kyle and Max Struess going one for 28 in the last two games. Yeah. That's an I, absurd when you say, stat. Yeah. When, when you say what they have right now, 
because they're not they're not healthy. And I'm not saying any team is healthy right now. Right. But they are noticeably banged up. I do think Struess, uh he does, is it his hamstring? That's a little, uh, he, heard, like, he went into the locker room, came out. He's not fully healthy. But, I mean, yeah, it's just been, it's it's unfortunate because you want, like, if those two teams are healthy and they're going at it, mm-hmm. that should be a good series. That should be a fun series. And to your point, it just really hasn't been super exciting. Yeah. Um, do I think Miami's going to go in there and play tough? I, I, I can't say they're not going to. I, mean, I, I mean, thought they played they, tough last they night. They played pretty tough, especially in the first half. It was fairly close. But it felt very much like, okay, if Boston could just, you know, not turn the ball over and, like, just get shots off, possession after possession, they're going to win this game. And it's kind of exactly what happened. Yeah, but that's when I say, like, Miami's tough. It's because they predicate themselves on, like, their yeah. – their, their culture and their intensity and their their deep they're supposed to be in a, a great gritty tough defense. And I mean, they held Boston to ninety three points. That's pretty good. Defense. I, I know. What's crazy is their second chance points. It was like twenty four to like four. So like, imagine yeah. if they didn't actually rebound the ball in the offensive glass. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing with Miami right now is just so in, in the regular season they were the number one team in three point percentage. Yeah. And and, and now you're looking at it seven of forty five from yeah. three last night. That's fifteen point six percent. And um, these aren't, like, bad shooters taking three. It's not like Jimmy Butler took, like, ten threes, and it's like, okay, that brought down the percentage. He did take five, which is higher than usual. But, like, they're, I mean, like, again, Kyle and Struess, like, they they combined for 0 of 12 shooting from three. And I'm probably going to get hammered for saying this. I'm not even saying, I don't even know exactly where I fall because I'm not in the Miami Heat's practices. Like, you know, I don't, I'm not yeah. on their team where I'm covering it, uh, but... Just the whole Duncan Robinson, like he's, I think he's one of the best shooters in the entire NBA. Mm-hmm. And he just hasn't been able to contribute now for two series, basically. Yeah. And so it's just, it's just a weird, I, I will full disclosure in September before the ball even went up, I picked Miami to get out of the East. Mm. Um, so I'm a little bit surprised with the numbers and some of the stuff we're seeing. Oh, wow. Yeah, it is. Un- it's totally uncharacteristic. And I mean, Duncan's starting to get off the bench now, which is helping the Heat to an extent. I mean, he was a he had eleven points last night. If he can find rhythm and they can somehow get to the finals, that's huge yeah. because he has to. I just think your 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 shooters have to make shots. This is the yeah. conference finals and eventually the NBA finals, and your shooters have to make shots. Somebody has to. Yeah, it, you know it's weird to me because look, they they pay Duncan right yeah. um, ninety mil over five years. He. Played a big role for them the last time they went to the finals in the bubble. Um, has started for them pretty consistently. This season, he's had a down year. He's, he's lost his confidence to some degree. His three-pointers. Like, but if you look at his numbers, he's still, like, I think he led the team in three-pointers made, which is crazy. I, I know I agree yeah. with you, but the, to, to the point of he is one of he is an elite shooter because he's having a down year, yet he's still one of the better three-point shooters. Yeah, It's problems on the defensive end, and that's where – and I'm not going to sit here and disagree with the decisions they've med, med, made because they, you know – the, the opposing teams would be really attacking him. Mm-hmm. Just think, if no one's playing good defense, someone's got to hit shots. If you can't, if you score eighty points in a game where you had nineteen offensive rebounds, think about that. Like, <laughs> I, that's what that's why I said that. And I think nineteen. I think it was twenty four second chance points. Yeah. Like, what was the second chance points column? I don't have the stat, but it was like twenty four to like. I think it was less than ten. It's fairly close because look, the Celtics not only were they making shots, but. They also just prioritize getting back in transition because they also know, look, if we get back in transition, if we don't turn the ball over, and ideally if we get our defensive rebounds in order, 
we're going to wash this team. And that's the thing for me where it's like looking at Miami, it's just like, yeah, it, it's really tough seeing them in this current condition. I think in, in, the, in the topic of blowouts, like what do you think is the reason why like so many of these games have been so lopsided? Is Because to me, I, my theory is because teams are shooting the three so much now, yeah. it, it, you're just, they're higher variance shots and they're also higher variance outputs, right? So if you get really hot from three, you can definitely blow a team out. Or if you get super cold from three and you're basically only taking threes, you're probably going to lose by a ton. Yeah, I mean, and I also, I don't know. I and, and part of it, too, I'd like to say is just when you look at Boston and you look at Miami, these are two teams that, and especially when you look at like a Marcus Smart and those type of guys, like they got a different kind of chip on their shoulder or like it's just ingrained. And so mm-hmm. when they lose, they want to come back and they want to be tougher. And it's just been a weird response every single night. Yeah. It feels like. Yeah. And I mean, I think the Memphis Golden State series oh was God. also another one where you're just looking at it and you're you're scratching your head. It's that just, series is impossible yeah, to predict game yeah, to game. What? <laughs> they were like, oh, the Warriors lose by 50. Oh, the Warriors watched the Grizzlies. But I, I know. Okay. I would say this is when I thought um, that Memphis was in trouble, and it's when they won that game. They were up like 55 or something. Yeah. And Steph and Draymond were dancing with their or whatever they were doing with the Grizzlies stadium hosts yep. to like the whole whip that trick whatever like i was mm-hmm. like oh they're going home and like they, they oh, look, they're chilling they were like at first this i was cute. like oh god like why? but then i'm like oh they've been here like they're like this is crazy so yeah. um sorry like, i don't have an answer as to why there's because at this point in the playoffs you expect compete yeah you expect compete and wow and i the other guy i just want to really quickly is like al horford again oh, when you He's make these tremendous. when you make these types of runs that's what you need. You need this guy who's solid to, to be a star, mm-hmm. right? Or yeah. somebody else to always kind of take that step up. And he's been tremendous. And he's really brought in as a locker room guy. And now he's on the court yeah. doing what he's doing. And, I mean, the timing has been pretty impeccable for the Celtics. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I hate the Celtics just pretty, pretty much oh. in general. I just, no, I don't hate them. I just dislike them. They're annoying to watch. I think there's a bad history between Toronto and Boston in, in terms of a sporting history. Um, I, I think, but to compare this current Celtics team to like a, a title team like the 2019 Raptors, like bringing Horford back was very much like bringing Mark into the mix. And so it's like a dependable guy. Look, he's not going to like score 20 for you every single night. You probably don't even need that he's from him. He's done it a couple nights though. Like, but, but, <laughs> but when you need him to do something for you, he's there. He's reliable. Yeah. He's going to he's gonna defend a tough assignment. Both guys actually did a really good job on Giannis. Yeah. The comparison's there. And then, you know, the three-point shooting, the passing, just like making the right play. And he's, again, like it's not a high usage guy. He had, what, eight shots last night? But he was super impactful. I'm very impressed by Al Horford every game. I keep wanting to go back to the meeting that Ime Udoka had. Um, remember when they were really yeah. struggling early? And yeah. uh, I heard some reports on the radio and conversations where he just, one through 12, like everyone got it. Mm-hmm. And really that's, because they started off really tough. Like they were losing a lot. Remember early on Boston? They were oh, not yeah. good. Yeah, and, yeah. Jason uh, Tatum and 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 um, blanket here. Jalen Brown. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> they were not playing well together. And, sure. You yeah. know, there was a lot of stuff going on, and it's the media talk and press conferences, and then they were having players and, only meetings. And Marcus Smart was like, "You guys got to pass the ball." Yeah, and like, like there was a like, whole man, okay. a whole wedge of things, and uh, I missed and those And they days. had this this meeting, and I mean, man, what I was talking about, he's like. 
younger coaches that are just making these impacts. Yeah. I would love to have heard what was said in not even just maybe that one meeting, but maybe that week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, I, thought, I think a couple things with E-Man. Like, number one, um, this has been highlighted a ton, but he's, like, brought this, like, level of toughness to the team. Even in the timeouts and stuff, you see him, like, just yelling at his guys all the time, which is, I think it takes a certain level of um, buy-in from the players to yeah. sort of accept that, obviously, yeah. for that to sort of click with them. But I think the other part that's overlooked is just, like, I think tactically he's done a really good job setting up his team. Like, defensively, tapping into this, like, okay, we have lots of size, lots of athleticism on our on our team. We're going to switch a ton, and we're going to neutralize pretty much every pick-and-roll thrown at us. Works, we, doesn't it? We, you we know, know that can work sometimes, right? You, right. We're going to have <laughs> yeah. Robert Williams, but he's not going to guard the center a lot of the times. He's yeah. going to come over and help and, and protect the basket. Uh, turns out, I mean, like, he's a tremendous shot blocker. That's going to work really well for your team. They're like, okay, we need more pieces on the roster. Let's fit in a guy like Derek White, who, again, is, like, only good, like, half the time, I would say. But when the, when the half the time when he's good, it's like, damn, okay, that team's already really good. If he's going to be on two, you're pretty much going to win the game if you're Boston. Like, He's done a good job tactically. Like, you see game after game, he does good adjustments. I thought in that Milwaukee series, like, you know, I thought he he kind of ran circles a little bit around Mike Boonholzer, who by game seven was just like, oh, I'm going to go back to my strategy of just not guarding the three-point line again. It's like, you can't, how are you back here? Yeah. yeah, how are you back here? Uh, so. Chris Middleton not being available really, 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 really hurt. Yeah, fair Milwaukee, enough. I think. Uh, but, yeah, definitely a lot of coaching adjustments. I think you got to have that going on at this point in the season, right? Because yeah, the series you where you're going back and forth and back and forth. I still, hot take, I still think Miami might get out of this one. I really okay. do. I like it. Um, I like it. I think it's so hard to believe that they're not going to go to Boston and just be, like, pissed. You know, like, yeah. game five on your home court, that's that game. Like, that's the game. Mm-hmm. And they just didn't play well. Like, I think that was, like, a 24-4 to four run in between the third and fourth quarter. And that just doesn't yeah. happen on their home court. So, I don't know. I guess we're going to – as much as we say they're not excited, I don't know. I'm pretty pumped up thinking about this series and where it is right now. No, it's fair. I, you know, I think the other part, too, is just like, okay, look, people are complaining about, like, um, the blowouts or anything like that. I think the defense is also really factored in really nicely. Like, this series – is like peak Eastern Conference, like throwback style. Like it's super physical. Yeah. It's so su- it's so gritty at certain times. Guys are diving on the floor. I mean, the, the physicality in the series is just tremendous. And you know, like when you think about like styles of basketball, like Western Conference style basketball, Eastern Conference style basketball. Like this is like this is very representative of the East. Even historically. I feel like we've switched a little and you're being me and just like being positive right now because I used to want to, I loved it. You know, I love tough defense. Like I, it's not pretty when you're not, when you can't make a shot. And I don't think it's necessarily just been because of the defense. I think you've got some players not hitting shots that they usually hit. So um, I guess we're balancing each other out. Yeah, the defense has been great, but I mean, I, I, we love watching the ball go through the yeah, net guys too, gotta make right? Sure. So like, you're right. You're right. Look, so, I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to play devils. I'm, I'm trying to pump some excitement. I'm weird. trying to talk myself into being yeah. excited for this series because I, I really was through the first three games. I was like, wow, look at this series. It's incredible. Blah blah blah. And then I was like, uh, I don't know. It, it's just I feel bad that Miami is so banged up. Um, the other question I had that that really Alex put in this this chart, which I'm I'm probably gonna disagree with, but um, Alex has put in here, true or false? The Boston Celtics are the team to beat for the next five years in the East. False. That, yeah. I can't agree with that. They're tremendous. They're really good. They're really young. All the guys are under team control Five for the years? most part. 
Okay, let's say three years because you're right. Five years is like too long. In the we NBA. could say two years. I mean, you look at a, a team. I'm sorry, Miami, because of where they're located, are always going to be a free agency. You know, okay. like, and I mean, um, I'm no, I don't want to. I don't want to. I still think there's some hope in Philadelphia here. I don't know what it is yet, but they've got, and it's just, we've all learned. <laughs> They've got this really passionate, fierce fan base that is oh, going to at least believe. Very fierce. At least believe that they're going to be there. I don't know. Like, yes, Boston definitely. I mean, as they are sitting here, quite possibly punching it close to punching a ticket. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, hello, what about what about this team that we like to cover up here? Two to three years. Yeah. I mean, healthy two to three years. I will say, I do like how the Raptors match up with the Celtics. Absolutely. Yeah. I think we could defend them better than a lot of these other teams that they've faced so far. I just don't know if we have the firepower to, like, overcome them in a seven-game series at I, the current moment. Yeah. But guys got it. Maybe, you know, maybe, you know, they take a f- few steps forward and you add a couple more pieces. And and that's what I would say. In a seven-game series, I'd love to see it, though, because, again, I'm going to say it, like, Precious is one year older than Scotty Barnes. He's a young guy. He's figuring mm-hmm. it out as he plays. What does Precious look like in two to three years? What does Scotty look like in two to three years? If this core is still here, what does OG, like... Yeah. What do these guys look like in two to three years? Because they're long, they're versatile, and some of them are very strong and quick. Yeah. So it's like when you talk about switching all five, playing physical, you'd like to believe that this group up here feels that they can match a lot of those things, if not all of them. Right. No, I, I think that's a good point. And, and I've, you know, I've actually thought about the Raptors team design and the construct. It's not too dissimilar to the way the Celtics want to play or the way they've sort of built the rotation. Um, you know, the Celtics are not a team that relies heavily on guards. Marcus Smart is like that one exception. I think Derek White is a guard. I mean, like, I don't know, man. He, he's he's also quite big. He's a hybrid, like, like six, just six, long, six. Yeah. lanky, bouncy. Like, we love that yeah. type of player up here. Um, I don't know, but when you think of like a Robert Williams and a, and a, Grant, and a Grant Williams and just like these big guys, you mm-hmm. can kind yeah. of do a little bit of everything. I think we've got some big say, guys that can do a little bit of everything up here. So the Raptors kind of have the same kind of pieces. The, the really the one thing I, I miss is like an Al Horford type. Yeah. I guess that would be that 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 piece, but it's a little different. I don't know. There's there's definitely a level of difference there in terms of I think I was Al is clear. I was thinking about it actually earlier today as the the release came out that Ken Birch had a knee surgery, right? Um, which I don't think was. A surprise Not to all. anybody that his knee was banged yeah. up from yeah. like December onward. But and I know that there's a lot of um, conversations about Toronto that they need their big guy, they need their seven footer, and I, I'm, I don't, I'm not going to sit here and say that it's not something that the front office wouldn't want. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They're hard to find a a, sure, a yeah. big body, also that can shoot a three. I think you do want a somewhat mobile seven footer in yeah. the NBA that. Can Marcus all like can play back to the basket? Can facilitate? Is comfortable outside the three point line? So I'm not going to sit here and say that that's not the direction that they look at all. I mean, those guys are hard to find. Yeah. Um, but I think if you look at a healthy Ken Birch and a Thad, like splitting minutes, you know what I mean? Like, and I don't think yeah. you expect that type of guy to go out and play 40 minutes a night either. It's tough on a big body, Definitely, but if you could, yeah. I thought that Ken Birch was one of our better post defenders. Um, just in terms of his size and his mobility against an Embiid, against a cat, um, those type of guys, right? 
Uh, but Kemp's not going to go out there and play 40 minutes a game. So then that's when you kind of almost, I think, can use a, a guy like that as well. Mm-hmm. Because he's, again, he's not as big, he's not as tall, but he certainly understands physicality and he can move his feet. And I think if you don't have one of those big guys, one of those seven-footers that can do all those things, you have to match them in different ways and keep them, try to keep them off rhythm, right? right? right. Which sometimes means getting under them and banging, which sometimes means going a little bit longer but playing length because as a big player, if you can't feel a body, that's that's uncomfortable. If you're looking for a body and you can't feel a body. Mm. So I think that's always a strength and that's how you keep your half your glass half full. I think when you don't have one of those guys is we're just going to try to keep so-and-so off rhythm. Yeah. And, and so when I think when you look at guys like, who knows? Who knows, Chris? Like, who knows where these guys are going to be in three to five years? But, Alex, don't give a bad question and not show up, man. Damn, damn I'm, I'm really kidding. asking questions on behalf of Alex. This I'm is just tough. kidding. Alex, come to work, all right? I'm just no, all right. kidding. <laughs> all right, lastly, before we go, actually, I wanted to ask you about the CBO. There's been a lot of talk recently. It's, um, this is what happens when J. Cole signs. <laughs> Which is That's what happens when Jalen Harris comes back yeah, from Italy. Oh, he's like, super, hey. super awesome. I will say this. You're... I know the league. This is going to yeah. be my – so the league's just tipped off its fourth season last night, and I've been covering it for three. Um, and I'm so excited. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is – so first of all, the, the people that run this league, they're gonna they're expanding as well as more teams. Three teams have expanded this year. There's 10 now. Yep. Um, they just work so hard. Like so many guys, men and women, wear multiple hats. It's crazy. And so to kind of just see – where it's gone when when Shams is tweeting about yeah. the CEBL, uh, yeah. <laughs> Amy's in Niagara Falls, like just so proud. Oh, like, let's nice. go, you yeah. know. And and yes, and yes, it's because it's a big name and it's a huge signing. But really, it's just, um, I think it's a credit to everybody to to make it an attractive place. It's a really cool brand, and I and I hope people pay attention. The Elam ending, mm-hmm. I am such a fan of the Elam ending. Last night, it was. Um, Fraser Valley at Ottawa, and it was like the target score was 90, I think, and it was like 89 to 87, and Alex Campbell turns around and hits a contested three. Bang, game over. Like, Mm. it's just, it's so entertaining. It's so fun. You don't get the foul game at the end to extend games. It's it's a really cool brand, and uh, I know that was a really long-winded, but I'm so excited about the league, and I absolutely just can't wait to to get in the gym and and get to work. Yeah, no, it's really cool. I mean, the idea of even it's just like, you now have teams like literally coast to coast in Canada. Yep. Like the logistics of that is going to be hard to. Newfoundland. Yeah, it's like, going to be a little bit hard to sort of manage all that. But it's like the idea of it is really cool. It employs a lot of Canadian talent, both in the player side and the coaching side. And I know, like, look, some of the headlines now are because, okay, look, wow, people want to see what J. Cole looks like in a situation like this. It kind of it reminds me of when he played in the the Basque Africa League, and it brought out a lot of attention to that league as well. But it's just like there's a lot of good things happening here. A lot of good people who are working in this. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, the game experience, I haven't personally gone to a game yet, but I'm really looking forward to going to a game you this year. got to do it. It's so and I, w- I, want, I want to know, like, what is the atmosphere like? Like, what is, like... It's, it's professional basketball in the summer. So, okay, like, yeah. even at broad, like, broadcasters, maybe we don't wear our shirt and ties, the guys, like, they're a little sure. bit more, like, polos or button-ups or, you know, but it's cool. It's a cool vibe. There's music playing. I don't know. It's just, and it's competitive. Like, mm-hmm. I know we've talked about this, Xavier Moon. Yep. Who is Made now, the jump. Well, yeah, with the Clippers and um, Lindell Wigginton and mm-hmm. Caleb Agata, who's actually played last night for Hamilton. So it's guys that are right there to make that jump. Right. It's not a bad product. It's actually a very good product and it's intense and it's FIBA rules mm-hmm. and it's up and down. 
like I said, the Elam is a whole curveball. So, and, and the vibe, I just, I love the vibe, the people. I just, I, it's, it's, it's awesome. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. And you're going tonight. Yeah, I'm yeah. gonna head over to Guelph. Like, yeah. it's so funny. I drove. I can't tell you how many miles I put on my car during the season, and now okay. it's like, uh, Amy, like, wh- what are we doing? I've been sitting here for like three days. Yeah, well, I mean, it's good to get some time off. You know, at least chill a little bit. Enough is enough. Oh, okay. All right. That's that's enough. Okay. All right. Well, Amy, we're gonna at least wrap the first segment there. Enjoy the game tonight. Thank you. Um, hope to see you again soon in studio. Yeah. It's, it's a little lonely in here now that uh, you know. The summer is here and the season is over. You. Alex is here twice a week. You know, it's it's a little lonely. Anytime. So it's, it's nice that you came to join. Anytime. So. I'm so... And then, like, listen, let's go Heat in seven. Let's go Heat in seven. That's right. Let's Golden go, let, State in five. <laughs> you're tired of that series. Well, I, I don't get a wrap up, but I'm just going to say, like, Jason Kidd, I, I, I like Dallas. And actually, I love Dorian Finney-Smith. I think he's yeah, their X great story, yeah. But they're a team that I don't know how much worried they are about the defensive end. So they're going to go in there and say, we just got to hit shots. And it's it's a tough place. To, I mean, Luca's fantastic. And Luca and Phoenix was... Yeah. That was special, but... I mean, they're a team that they just got to hit 23s to have a chance. Mm-hmm. That's a wild thing to come in to plan for, though. To planning to hit 23s, and they've done it twice in this series already. I know we got to wrap. I keep saying that, but I got to yeah. tell you something. One of my friends who was a head coach for a women's college basketball, uh-huh. 16th seed in the NCAA tournament, drew UConn at UConn, number one, whatever. This was years ago, too. Yeah. So I texted him. I'm like, hey, coach, like, how are you feeling? And he's like, the only thing I care about is that we attempt, I think it was like 33s or something. And they got slammed by like 80, but they attempted 33s. And he was like, his Twitter profile for the longest time was like, I'm the coach who only wanted to shoot. It was like ridiculous, but it's like, this is our strategy and we're going to roll with it. I mean, that's how it feels when when you watch Dallas. (laughs) I don't mind. I just, I don't know. I think Golden State in five. I agree. I agree. All right. This is a good spot for us to take a break. I'm your host, Wim Lou. You've been listening to The Raptor Show on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Great daily gambling advice from J.D., Blake, and Ailish in the Fan Morning Show's Wake and Rake. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. To the Raptor Show on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. I'm your host, Wim Lou. For the second segment, I am joined by Raptors 905 silent reporter and host of Raptors Today, Savannah Hamilton, friend of the program. Sav, how you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm, I, you know, I was having a really nice day. I was thinking about the playoffs and I was like, you know, the basketball could be a little bit better and all, blah, blah, blah. And then I was like on my, on my phone and I saw this like um, news report come across and I was like, oh, you know, Chris Haynes, you know, very plugged, about as plugged in as it really gets in the NBA. And I was like, he has a story about Kyle Lowry. I was like, oh, there's probably a lot of inf- information in here. I'm going to look at it. Maybe something mm-hmm. about his hamstring, about the fact that, you know, clearly he's not himself. He's playing, like, so badly these days. And the story that I read on Yahoo was just that, uh, yeah, so apparently Kyle organized a team trip to the Bahamas in between the end of the regular season and the start of the playoffs so to remind people he played their last regular season game on April 10th. They played their first playoff game on the 17th. So there was enough mm. time to go to the Bahamas, which, by the way, when you're in Miami, is less than an hour away. Um, and uh, apparently Spo, the head coach, gave them the heads up and, and the the okay to do this. So it was interesting to me that after game five of the conference finals, this is now being brought to light. Sab, what, what are your thoughts on this uh, 
I mean, this is this is a bit of a blatant hit piece on Kyle, man. It's ugly. <laughs> like, uh, I hate this part of the business. You really? I was gonna say, like, why didn't I get the invite? Like, oh, okay. <laughs> okay. I'm on team okay. one, two, three, Cancun. Sometimes, okay. <laughs> um, nah, with Kyle Lowry, like, I, I could kind of understand it. Like, you need a bit of a break from basketball. It's probably more than just a physical break. It's a mental break. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. especially, and you're right. Like, that's not far for them, right? It sounds far because we're in Canada. We're like, oh, Bahamas. That must. But like, the weather is also nice in Miami, so it's not like that is. Like, you know, a a 100% escape away is more of like, let's just take a little bit of a road trip, a one hour flight or less than and just like change the scenery, get out of this city for a little bit and then refresh and come back at it. Like, to be quite honest, I don't know how long they stayed there. If they stayed there up until like the start, the exact day of the playoffs. Okay, now you got a problem. Mm -hmm. But for me, I'm like, you know what? I would have brought my sunglasses, my inflatable unicorn, and I would have been chilling (laughs) in the ocean in Bahamas, too. (laughs) No, look, listen, the reason I, I thought this was just the timing of it was interesting because obviously Kyle struggled. Like, mm-hmm. by the way, the stats on Kyle right now is, is is scary to look at. For the playoffs, he's averaging 5.6 points per game on 27% shooting from the field, including 20% shooting from three. That's per game, 5.6 points, okay? Now, yeah. in this series, it's gone really, really bad. However, the timing of the story about a trip, which, by the way, like, you would think, okay, so if they went to the Bahamas, right, they might, you know, maybe not start focused the right way. I don't know what the, the angle would be. Sure. The Heat won the first series in five games against Atlanta, right? Mm-hmm. No problems there. They won the first two games against Philly. Then they lost two games because most of they couldn't shoot, and then they came back and won the next two. Then they won game one against Boston. At, at no mm-hmm. point during any of that time was it reported like, hey, Kyle took the, the team to, to the Bahamas. Yeah. It's like now it's like, oh, now took now now Kyle took the, the team to Bahamas like more than a month ago. So now it's an issue now. I, I don't know. It's I feel nah. like as a, I, it, I, yeah, sorry, go ahead. What were you saying? No, no, like sorry, no well, I was gonna say like this it's just too uh it's too coincidental, quote unquote, right? It's too yes. convenient that now we're seeing, you know, Heat really have a battle of a series, which rightfully so, which, you know, well, maybe with the exception of the Golden State Warriors, but like what like conference series isn't really a battle right and like they kind of not saying they walk through the playoffs this year but it wasn't the toughest playoff series for them this year for the miami heat and Mm -hmm. uh now that the struggles are coming out now that lowry's not performing well and by the way he's also i don't know how old like 34 35 35 now like 36 oh 36 he's literally that meme he's you're 36 there you go he's Old man Lowry, okay? Like, he's, yeah. this is what happened. And this is why, I mean, part of the reason why he left the Toronto Raptors is because, you know, his time passed him by. He, We had Kyle Lowry at his peak. Now he's playing in Miami. He's not going to be the guy that should be carrying the team anyway. Like, that's a Jimmy Butler job. Um, that's a, a bad, that's, there's There's the next generation for that. And so, yeah, maybe on a team focus level, you could argue it wasn't the best. You could argue it was the best to hit mm-hmm. reset, reset. But is it convenient that it's coming out now when the team is struggling? And especially if they end up losing this series, then it's definitely going to be like, oh, whoa, whoa what, what are you doing? But I think you, you, but if it hasn't affected them really up until this point, then, well, this is just playoff basketball. It doesn't really have anything to do with if you went to Bahamas 50 minutes away or not. Yeah. No, look, I just don't like the timing of it. I think, okay, so what have you made of Kyle's struggles in, in, in just in playoffs in general? Like, okay, we know he's he's been dealing with a hamstring injury 
it, it caused him to miss time in the Atlanta series. He did make a return against Philadelphia. Um, he did not look right when he came mm-hmm. back against Philly. He was kind of laboring. Not kind of. He was very much laboring. Um, and, yeah, he missed time at the start of the Celtics series. He's come back now. I don't know. I mean, I, how much of this oh, is, is injuries is. and how much of it is, 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 is old age and sort of a deterioration? It's age. Still? It's age? it's age. Okay. It's age. Okay. Facts. Like straight up, no like excuses. 36 years old. No, yeah. no, not really. Not like it's when you get to that age, like, you know, there's the injuries prevention even is a lot harder mm. to, to handle, to deal with. And so, um, you know, him being 36 and yeah, we're kind of seeing, unfortunately, a bit of a shell of his former self. He's not as aggressive as maybe he was before on both sides of the floor. Um, he's not, you know, the one, the guy in transition, he, you know, we haven't really even seen him take that, that many charges, right? Like I haven't seen Lowry take half as many charges. I swear he did one with the Raptors throughout the, even the course of the heat season. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's just one of those things where it's, he's, he, he doesn't probably want to get, put himself in a position to get injured. Don't forget, like you mentioned hamstring, but how tedious has that back been for him as well? Oh yeah. And I'm sure it's, it's so easy to that trigger too. that. Oh, yeah, right? We we got good taste of that in Toronto when he was here. So you can only imagine that he's not trying to re-trigger an injury like that of a hamstring on top of stuff that, like, is not even worth mentioning in the in the reports, right? I'm sure he gets knickknacks everywhere. Everybody does in the playoffs. But when you're that old, oh, I'm sure you feel it a, a whole lot more, Will. <laughs> yeah, we should have had Alex in here to, to give us a specialist uh, opinion on what it's like being 36 and playing basketball. But me and Alex actually had played <laughs> basketball against each other for the first time actually ever. Oh? Um, uh, this past week. Yeah, we were at, uh, we were at Harborfront. Uh, you guys never played each other before that? No. A funny thing about most, you know, people who talk about basketball and cover basketball, we're not real hoopers. That's, that's, what, that's what makes you special, wow. Savannah. That's what makes oh. Amy special. <laughs> you guys actually well, hoop. No, we, uh, so no, but no, we, 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 so we ended up, like, I don't know. We, we So we ended up playing. Like, it wasn't totally planned, but we ended up joining in, hopping in. And by, by that, I mean, like, Alex was literally wearing soccer Indoor soccer cleats. Oh my goodness! As shoes. Imagine that, right? Oh Imagine my wearing goodness! Cleats on, not like the no. not like the plastic cleats, but like a, a soft cleat. So anyway, that was probably not as much traction for him. So did you cross him? Like, what happened? Like, who scored up? Who who he, won? He did not score on me, but oh. I did score on him. But it was like a fucker cut or whatever. You, like you I, I posterized him is what I just heard. I, well, you know what? I wish he was here to defend himself, but I did flash across <laughs> the lane. He was covering me. He was a beat slow. He didn't see me back cut him. And by the time that he did catch up to me, it was right under the basket. I caught the pass midair, and that kind of put it in reverse. Didn't have a lot of points in that whole run. I'm not going to lie to you. Neither did Alex. But uh, I did score on him for content purposes. So anyway, I, I think he, right. would, he would have the, the consult on what it's like being 36 and I'm playing an intense style of basketball. No, but I, I think with, with Kyle, too, is just like it, it, it's sad because I think a fully healthy Kyle can really impact this Absolutely. series and he and so to see the kind of slander that's sort of um going on right now it just makes me a little bit sad as a raptor fan it makes me even sad as like you know just seeing some other raptor fans like sort of joining in on it i get i get the mm-hmm. whole idea this is just sort of like what it is nowadays like you know a player plays bad in the playoffs everyone slanders him you know this is just sort of like life as we know it but um yeah i mean it, i mean you could say the same thing for tyler hero though like, he didn't play. And, like, you know, if he was playing, he hasn't even been playing that that well this past playoffs as well. No. Like, I think if he was playing up to snuff and he wasn't injured, 
you know, he'd have a, a huge impact on this series right now as well. Uh, if this was like the bubble hero that we had that we saw in the breakout season for him, like, you know, he, you know, that would be a great look. Like, the Heat would arguably be putting the series away right now. Um, so you could make that case 100% for for Lowry, and you're totally valid for that, as we saw like the 2019 run ha- Lowry. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. even then, like that was a lot of Kawhi, that was a lot of Pascal and Freddie then. But and Lowry was like a a, a great complementary piece to that core. Yep. Um, and but you know, it, it's one of those like he's he's a difference maker for sure. But is he the sole piece that you need? No. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, something I keep in mind as well. Yeah, but Tyler Hero, I think he's. If I was to put like the dis- the slight more disappointment scale, I'm I'm probably leaning a little bit more towards him. Yeah, and him not being available for a few of these games, but even before yeah. that, like exactly his, his defense has been obviously questionable. Even his Streaky. shot selection in some of these games is just like I don't know. It was uh-uh. like playing in game three where the Heat actually won, but like he like took a shot. He was like cold in that game. Forced up a shot, got the rebound, bounced right back to him. He's like, oh, let me just take this mid-range jumper and missed that one as well. And it's like, yo, come on. You got to, like, switch it up at some point. Anyway, whatever. This Exactly. Is, I, I do feel bad for the Heat in a sense. But I, I think from the Raptors' perspective, like, I mean, did, did Masai make the – was Masai not absolutely right about the timing of this, you know? Yeah. Well, okay, well, Pivoting Masai in a different direction. is, like, the being that knows all, I swear. Like uh, the basketball know knows all guy. Like yeah, no, he made the right call in terms of getting uh, a different piece in there and refreshing the roster. Because I mean, don't get me wrong, sure said like it was a mutual decision with mm-hmm. Lowry as well. But at the end of the day, like he has to look out for the best of the franchise. And I think it's great that Lowry did take that step, not just because oh Lowry's aging, you know, whatever, but because we have to see the next generation come up like yeah. with Lowry out of the Raptors, we got to see a, a, a more fully fleshed Fred Van Vliet first and foremost. And then we got to see more of a point guard position in Scotty Barnes, right? Like would there have been room to grow? Like we could talk about Raptors right now and, and get all into the fact that there probably wasn't enough minutes at times to really even develop the bench as strong as they probably could have been. Mm -hmm. But that's because there's so much young core talent, like within your starting lineup within the first six, seven guys that it's hard to, you know, give the time to the seven to 12 guys as well, because there's just, they're so young and Amy touched on it before I got on as well. Right. So precious Achua's we we saw the, the growing pains of his game throughout this season. We saw the growing pains of Chris Boucher a little bit, even, even though he's on the older side of the scale, if you want to look at the NBA side of things, but still like his role kind of more expanded this year. And when you have a veteran player taking up a lot of minutes mm-hmm. uh, on a team and rightfully so, like we all know he earned it. It's one of those things where it can it can stunt the growth of your team if you're not careful. Yeah, and look, the, the, even just the getting the trade and the return and stuff like that. You know, I think a lot of people were like, "Look, it's a little underwhelming." You know, maybe we could have got more for Kyle. This and this and this. And it's like at the end of the day, it's like, okay, look, you want to take care of Kyle. You absolutely took care of Kyle. Kyle is getting ninety million dollars guaranteed from the Heat. My nice. Which, like, you think about this is year one of that deal, right? So. I mean, he played really well in the regular season. It was absolutely worth it in the regular season, but come time for the playoffs, he hasn't been healthy. Hopefully, he can be healthy and, you know, um, whatever. But, look, the, the Heat made the decision that they did. Yeah. But from the Raptors' perspective, you absolutely took care of him. You gave him just an incredible homecoming in April. It was one of the highlights of the season for me, just seeing how much love he got, how much Kyle enjoyed that. And, obviously, Kyle walked away with a win, too. I'm sure he enjoyed that most of all. But mm-hmm. 
you know, you get Precious back and, like, would, would Precious not be playing in this series? I feel like Precious would be a big piece in this series. I'm oh, not saying, like, Precious yeah. would, like, dominate or all this other well, stuff. He's still very young, but in the way that the Celtics play and the, yeah. the fact that the Heat lack four defenders who can yeah. sort of, like, I mean, you look at Dwayne Dedman and the way he can't really move in the series, like, it's like, would man, they? They would Precious need would a Precious, well. absolutely. But think about the fact that the Heat stunted Precious's growth when he was with them for one year. Mm. So would Precious even be the player that he is with the Raptors right now with the Heat? If, if he stayed with the Heat, probably not. Um, and, and I'll have to say also, quick side note to your comment about Lowry's return game. Absolutely, the Raptors organization did such a great job to to bring him back home and, and welcome him back to the Scotiabank Arena. And it was one of my favorite highlights of the season, too, because I got to hang out with you and Alex a little bit at the game. So uh, oh, that was awesome. Yeah, that's right. Honestly. I know. Get all sentimental. Yeah. That's the thing I actually miss about the season being over. It's just like, you know, I, honestly, a lot of my friends are just media people. Literally. And like, <laughs> I mean, like, yes, we could organize to like meet up outside of work, but it was very nice to just like see you guys like every week consistently, you know? I miss, you know? I miss everybody is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah, I know. We miss all Raptors media listening to this. We miss you. Yeah. We miss you guys. But yeah, no. So Precious, um, we got a great, I think we got a great piece out of him. Hey, I think everybody could say that, right? I'm just saying, there's, there's no takebacks on that. On that, on that Absolutely deal right now. not. Not right now. Absolutely. Yeah, think about what his development and his growth is going to be even next year. Like, yeah. I think about what he's the work he's going to be putting in this offseason. Like, you know, if there's one tool that you would like to see him refine in his toolkit going into next season, what would that be? Uh, honestly, I think the three is already starting to come around for him. So I'm just going to assume that there's going to be some baseline of, like, he can hit threes on a consistent level. I believe in the leap that he made in the second half of the season. Even just watching him warm up, it's he's he's just gotten a lot better on that front. I hate talking about mm-hmm. warm-ups. I really do talk about it all the time. Um, I want to see more of his ability to put it on the floor. Mm. You know, because he's just so explosive. When he's able to mm-hmm. just take one, even two dribbles and just rise up, he's the most athletic guy on the Raptors. So mm-hmm. I want to see that athleticism go into the basket. And I think it's like, it's it's pretty much what Thad said to him towards the end of the year was just like, look, you're going to catch and shoot this three or you're going to put it on the floor and you're going to go straight yep. line to the rim and you're going to dunk through whoever's going to be there. And I'm like, yep. yes, just do that because he can be so dynamic on that end. Um, I yep. know he's got ball handling skills because of the, the the way he sort of came up as a point guard. And, you know, he's had to play a lot of different roles in his short time in his career between high school and, and college and Miami and Toronto. But... There's a real skill set there, and if he can develop that, like, if he can handle it and just attack a couple closeouts, I don't know. He's just so athletic that it's. I know it's going to work out for him. What do you? What, what about you? Uh, you know what? It's an intangible thing for me, and you touched on it with the Thad Young comment. What it goes back for for me is actually decisiveness. Mm. I think when you commit to whatever action you're thinking about doing, like whether that's getting the ball on the floor, driving straight to the rim, then. You're, he's almost unstoppable because he's that explosive. If it is shooting a three, I think his percentage would go even higher if he's comfortable with that confidence to make the decision, oh, yeah, no, I'm shooting this, right? right, instead of the hesitation. I think we saw a lot of his wheels turning in his head this past season of like, mm, do I do I drive this? Do I shoot this? Is anybody going to get mad? Like, There's lots of like 
options on the floor? Am I the guy? Like, nah, he, I think he needs to come in and with the, the confidence and decisiveness of like, nah, I am that guy. Mm-hmm. I can, I can put the ball on the floor. I will do that. Um, and that's going to be his strength. I think, I think exploding to the rim was definitely his strength. Strength, uh, shooting will definitely be his secondary thing. Um, but if he defines that, uh, that shot and makes it consistent, like it gets up into the high thirties, like well, that'd be a dream, but like percentage wise throughout the course of the season, we're laughing. Like that's quite the piece yeah. that we can't lose on the Raptors for sure. Yeah. Listen, second half of the season from the, after he was named to the rising stars game, mm-hmm. 12 points per game. Uh, six rebounds per game, shooting 39% from a three on four attempts per game, all right? That's not just like a Wild. 39 because you like, that's not like a JV 39 or Amir Johnson 39, okay? That's a real 39%. Mm-hmm. Hit 46% from the field as well. Like, you know, there and, and obviously was very good on the defensive end. And honestly, we're kind of running out of time for this. You really got only a minute, really. But <laughs> what's what's Precious's path to becoming a starter, too? You know, it's funny as I was going to ask you that too. Okay, good, <laughs> I'm going to have that conversation. Because I, I really liked it when he played in the starting group. Now, when yep. everyone's healthy, there's it's very hard to bench somebody, but I don't know. He was like the sixth starter for me this season. Yes. Oh, 100%. He was a sixth starter. Like, he could have easily started um, mm-hmm. as he did a few times, right? But, yeah, no, he he's on his way to being a significant um player i I, i'm not gonna say superstar obviously that's hard to predict because there's always that element of an x factor that you kind of see a little bit later on in a player's career he's so fresh he's so early as amy said only a year older than scotty barnes that's crazy um and so i think next year we're gonna see the the foundational blocks of his potential like okay this year was defining what his game is Mm -hmm. next year it's how far can this game go Right. And I think that's what we're going to exceed. And so I think I'll hold my expectations in terms of if he's going to be the next all-star, all-star, or if he's going to be a, a, just a very, very good role player in this league. Fair enough. All right, Savannah, appreciate you. I hope you're enjoying the summer in Toronto. We all know that's blessed here. And uh, yeah, yo. enjoy CBO as well. I know that's, that's that's what everyone's been trying to watch these days, and myself included. So that does it for us today, though. I'm your host, Wayne Lou, and you've been listening to The Raptor Show on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Make sure you find The Raptor Show wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe, and please rate and review our show. Thanks again to my guests, Amy Otterberg and Savannah Hamilton. Thanks to our board producer, Derek Brandale and Jennifer Olnick for helping us with the YouTube stream. I will talk to you tomorrow.